Hi, and welcome to episode number four of the Not Pretty Podcast. I have my husband on with me today. We're going to talk about marriage, life after kids, and how to keep your marriage happy and healthy, especially after having kids. So Dorian, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Dorian. I am, you know, Taylor's husband. Uh, we've been married now for a little over three years. Uh, we met or we started dating back in 2013, uh, engaged in 2014, married in 2015, had our first kid in 2016, and our second kid in 2018. So it's been a solid five years. <laughs> okay, so people wanted to know um, about how to keep your marriage alive after having kids. So what are some things you feel like helped keep our marriage alive? Uh, I think one of the first things is communication. Um, whether that's daily communication, uh, communication with your calendars, um, text messages, phone calls, any type of communication. with, And you want to talk to each other daily about the good things, uh, the bad things, um, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling high for the day, and I don't know, kind of just keep an open dialogue. I feel like communicating for me, what's been the most important has been communicating when I'm not feeling connected to you. So when I feel like I'm, I need more from you, like I need more cuddles or kisses or more phone conversations and I feel like the longer that I let that build up of me feeling frustrated and not loved the harder it is for me to come and talk to you about it because it's too far gone well I think one of the best examples of this is when we first started dating um, we didn't really talk about any problems for the first year so for the first year it was oh my god this is so amazing but in the back of both of our heads we're not really neither of us are really communicating what we don't like about the other person so we're having all this pent-up stuff yeah and then right after we got engaged it's like okay uh, <laughs> i hate everything you do <laughs> i don't like the way you do this i don't like the way you put your thumb on the back of my neck okay but that is something you should have communicated long before then I just thought you'd figure it out. Well, every time I touch face. the back of your neck, you tell me, you go, <sighs> like it feels good. But really what you were saying is <laughs> you're irritated. It was an irritated sigh. Yeah, you just didn't know how to read it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, another thing is I say teamwork makes a dream work because we have to balance a lot of different things daily. With the kids and with our relationship, with our jobs, with whatever business I'm deciding to start. This week. <laughs> this week. So I feel like teamwork has been a really big thing. When I went back to work full time after being off for almost a year, you had to step up in ways that I don't think you were used to. Well, it's, well I wasn't used to it, but it, it's yeah, it's not stuff I had to do. Yeah. For that first year after we had Lincoln. Yeah. So it was, it, it seemed like a lot, but it was just really being a good spouse slash dad 
Yeah. Well, I, agree. I mean, I agree, but I think you, you stepped up in ways that maybe I didn't know if you could just because I did a lot. Not that you're not capable of it, just that I was home, so I was doing a lot of the cooking and the cleaning, and you did whatever I asked you to. <laughs> but never more than that. So I feel like when I went back to work and we had a conversation about it and you started doing way more than I expected, which I was appreciative of. Well, hey, that's what I'm here for, to exceed expectations. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then... I think some things that really help with the teamwork and dream work is that we... We both know what needs to be done, and most of the time we can do it. Uh, sometimes you have to remind me to do things. Um, but for the most part, we both step up. If there's dishes sitting around, um, if there's laundry that needs to be done, um, we each have kind of different responsibilities. As far as bills go, I worry about the mortgage and like the electricity and... The things you know the passwords to that I don't. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then you take care of a lot of the other bills, and we both have, I don't know, the faith and the trust that you're going to pay the mortgage when you're supposed to, and you're going to pay, you know, my fat student loans when they're supposed to. Yeah, but we also communicated about it a lot, too, where you used to do the budget, and I used to kind of just, like, spend the money. And now we communicate like, hey, I'm making this much of a payment to this. And, you, you know, you say you're making the house payment. And so we both know it's getting done. And there's like no trust issue about it because it always gets done. Yeah. And I still have my perfect payment history. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I think we, well, when we're getting ready to spend money, we're talking to each other about, hey, I'm going to go get a coffee. Do you mind? Hey, I'm going to. Go grab a I sandwich. I got coffee today. I love you. <laughs> Let's take that back. And, uh, most, most, most of the time, <laughs> we talk to each other about these things. But for a little purchase like that, it typically doesn't matter. Yeah. So another thing we do to kind of keep our marriage alive um, after having kids is finding ways to make each other feel special. <clears throat> and I think that we have struggled with this. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think that we get better every day, but I think that we've struggled with it since having Lincoln. And I think part of that is my fault because I was so anxious after having Lincoln that I didn't I didn't have space for you. Like all of my thoughts and everything was consumed by Lincoln. I didn't sleep. I always had him with me. And, like, everything I had was given to Lincoln. And so I think our marriage got put on the back burner a little bit. And I also feel like at that time you felt like you couldn't do anything for yourself. Yeah. And if I wanted to do something for myself, you... I struggled with it. You struggled with it and and almost felt like I was being selfish in that aspect. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think a big part of that, too, is that I was at home 24-7 with Lincoln and you were at work, and I know that a lot of people don't see that as a break, but, like, you have adult human contact every day, and as a first-time mom with a kid who never slept and with judgy people everywhere, 
it was really, really hard for me to get out of the house, to find things to do that I didn't leave feeling really defeated. So I think now that we're on our second baby, Lincoln sleeps and she sleeps, just won't take a bottle, but I think we're at a better place in our marriage now where we are finding ways to do things that make each other feel special. Yeah, and it's and it's they're not like super big things, but it's whether it's offering to give the other person a massage because you know their back hurts. Yeah. Or you know, us we don't have a lot of money to like buy us by each other like elaborate gifts. Yeah, I wish any, we did though. Or anything like that, but just <laughs> I don't know little things, unexpected things, unexpected times, whether it's just like. Oh man, I can't really afford. We can't really afford a whole bouquet of flowers. So how about one flower? <laughs> well, I think like one thing that you've been doing lately that I've talked to you about is getting my coffee ready. You don't like coffee. You don't drink coffee. It's disgusting. So for you to go out of your way in the morning before you go to work to get my coffee together for me is something that you've done to just completely think about me. It has no benefit to you. It's all about making me feel good and making sure that I'm set up in the morning. And I think that's such a big deal. It's such a small thing, but it matters to me. So. Um, okay, so have date nights at home. We have also struggled with this. Yeah, we we aren't good with this. Um, there's, whether it's dropping the kids off someplace else at a friend's house or something like that for them to watch for a couple hours. Uh, we try to do that every yeah. now and then. It's it's hard because usually I'm home at like 6 and, you know, we go to bed between, I don't know, 9.30 to 10.30 most nights. Yeah. And it's just, some nights it's a struggle because it just feels like a chore to get out of the house. Yeah. Sometimes. and But when we do do it, it feels relaxing and feels like it's been forever. And most of the time if we have a quote-unquote date night at home, it's me and you watching Netflix or or watching Grey's or whatever shows happens to be on Hulu. Well, I feel like lately, in the last three weeks, we've been spending a lot more time not watching TV. And it's been really nice. I think it's because all of our shows are on hiatus. Yeah, but. but we still had a couple shows, like, the first week that we stopped watching. Because, remember, we didn't watch, like, The Good Doctor until, like, Friday. Yeah. So, I feel like a big part of <clears throat> date night at home sometimes means just, like, talking. I think when you have kids, it's, like, just a hustle constantly. Like You're you... going and going and going. And yeah. Especially with Lincoln. Because yeah. he's... He never stops. He doesn't stop moving. He but, like, sit. you walk in the door at 6.15... We work out, we either eat dinner or try to play with Lincoln for 30 minutes. He goes to bed, we eat dinner, and then... We take showers. We take showers, which takes time, and then I've got to feed the baby, and, you know, it ends up being just this hustle, 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 and it's kind of nice to just, like, sit down and chat and just chill for a little bit and have... It's kind of like date night for me because we're just talking about us, which is kind of nice. That's a good, yes. Yeah. It has been that way, and it's been a little more relaxing. Yeah, just not having the TV on. Yeah. So. Um, 
Another thing that doesn't really matter to Dorian, but definitely matters to me, is talking on the phone. So for a while I was working five nights a week. So Dorian would meet me at work or I would drop Lincoln off with our friend and um, he would pick him up. So we were not even seeing each other three out of the five nights. Yeah, I think you had Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. I think I had Mondays and Tuesdays at the end. I don't know, whatever days, but we were seeing each other two nights a week and then Dorian works long hours. So the, at work, he can't always talk on the phone, but one of the big things was like, I wanted him to call me on his lunch break and he didn't want that. Well, maybe it's like this for some people, but for me, it felt like my lunch break was just a time for me to decompress decompress and not really think about anything whether it's to sit in my car or to sit at my desk and just have a podcast playing that's just playing in the background while I'm zoning out and eating and sometimes it felt like talking on the phone was a chore almost like yeah almost a chore yeah like it was just like taking up more brain energy that had been already been sapped for me earlier in the day yeah well we'll talk about this in a few minutes but love languages um Mine is words of affirmation, and Dorian's is physical touch. So when I'm not seeing him, it's he's not getting touched at all, so he's feeling empty. And when I'm not hearing from him, whether that's talk or text or whatever, I'm not feeling loved or appreciated, mm-hmm. and so our marriage suffers kind of when that happens. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important even though sometimes maybe what's important to your spouse isn't important to you to compromise and so like you started calling me for like half of your lunch or like 10 minutes of your lunch yeah i did that for a while but i I think also the other compromise is that i'm starting to text you a little more throughout the day yeah because i can't always call you and talk to you so it's a little easier to send a quick text um whether it's an I love you or hey thinking about you or something like that and I feel like that's been a little better for you than yeah than nothing or this week has been a lot better since we talked about it yeah we were communicating (laughs) about how I wasn't feeling loved in ways that I felt like you could improve on that and I felt like since we had that conversation even just you texting me first in the morning has been really nice because I always text you first. Not always, but... 99% of the time. I'd say like 73.5%. Okay. Anyway, um, and then another thing that I feel like is really important is to be realistic about after you have kids that your marriage changes. Like, it will never be the same as it was before kids unless maybe your kids graduate and move out. Yeah. Um, I think some of the things you have to realize is you're just going to be more tired. Than, yeah. you, than you've ever been. And you thought you were tired in high school or in college, but... Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. I, having a kid, having two kids, having a life and bills just seems to suck a lot of the energy out of you sometimes. So, mm-hmm. you know, your bedtimes change. The times you awake, you awake. The times, the times <laughs> you get up are going to change. Uh, your schedule in life just changes in general. Um you don't get it's very rare when you get alone time like ever i mean we're counting on 
naps and bedtime for alone time. Yeah. And I think, I don't think it bothers me anymore. Like, I don't know that it ever really bothered me. Like, some, I need more me time sometimes, I feel like. Like, I need to, like, go take a hot bath and not hear a baby cry or not hear my kids, like, be upset. But I feel like I'm more realistic than a lot of people when it comes to that. Like, we added another person to our life. It's unrealistic to think it's not going to change. And now we have two little people in our lives and we want more. Yeah, I would say during that first year with Lincoln, uh, our communication was not very well. Um, Lincoln was a little frustrating to get to sleep. And so there'd be nights where we're taking turns rocking him back and forth for, oh, I've been up for, for 30 minutes, can you swap me out? And yelling at each other. And not yelling, but <laughs> irritated. getting... You could see the annoyance and the little bit more tone in the voice of, hey, I've been doing this for 30 minutes. It's your turn. Yeah. And it was, it was really challenging. But I will say, like, I didn't feel like our marriage suffered to a point of, like, I don't want to be in this anymore. No, it just, it tested. Yes. It really showed us, like, what having a kid was like. <laughs> and, like... Oh, neither of us realized at the time that Lincoln was colic. Yeah, but, looking back on it, he definitely was. Yeah, and, like, now we have Lennox, who's, like, a sleeper, and she's just super happy, and she doesn't need to be held constantly, and, like, that's what so many babies are like, and our first baby was, like, the complete opposite. But, you know, I wouldn't, I would rather have it that way than... <laughs> than the second one. Than swapped around. Yeah, and Lincoln's awesome, he's just, he was, he was colic, and, and it was... for the first... Six months, at least. For the first six months, he was that way. But for the first, gosh. 14 months. 14 months. Yeah. We had to pretty much rock him to sleep. For, for an hours. hour. What, I think the, I mean, his bedtime was at 7, 7.30. And we'd be up there at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock. 9, 10 o'clock, still rocking him. And, you know, I had the buffest arms. Because this kid was like 25 pounds. And we're sitting there rocking him. And... It, it weighs on you, and I think it just tests your your fortitude. No, it really does. It really, really does. But I feel like that was... I feel like being realistic about your marriage changing and just finding ways to get that alone time together, whether that's finding a babysitter or doing a date night in, just remembering to like communicate and put thought into one another, because like I said earlier... I didn't have space for you with Lincoln when he was, like, before one. Like, I don't think until I went back to work did I have space for you. Because I was just so overwhelmed and anxious with everything Lincoln. I think one of the other things, too, that really changes is you find yourself buying less and less stuff for yourself and more and more stuff for your kids, whether that's Toys, uh, coloring books, Play-Doh. Clothes. Clothes, constantly clothes. I buy all the clothes. It's, guess what, babe, there's another sale at Carter's. Well, no shit. <laughs> there's a sale every week. But they're so good. It's the best sale of the season every three weeks, it seems like. The whole store is 70% off. 
Oh, but I also have a coupon for an extra 10% off. It's basically free. And fun cash. So and can't fun, forget about that. And fun cash. God forbid we forget about fun cash. So I, I think it's just one of those things you have to learn also to buy, give yourself a gift every now and then too, whether that's buying yourself a piece of clothing or, you know, buying yourself... An Apple Watch or... An Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, an Apple Watch. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, so to kind of switch gears here a little bit, one of the other popular questions that we had was how to deal with your in-laws. And I think people ask me that because they know that I have a very difficult relationship with my mother-in-law. So I want to know how you deal with your in-laws, babe. How I deal with my in-laws. Siblings, is... parents, everything. Not just your mother and father-in-law. Oh, I don't really talk to them. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, we have. I could probably count on one hand, one hand, how many like phone conversations I've had with either of your parents. Uh, what are the? Did you talk to my dad when you ran into the garage, or is that just me? Uh, no, that was definitely you. <laughs> that was definitely you after okay. I ran into the garage with your dad's truck. With his precious baby of a truck. Yeah. So I think. My relationship with your side of the family uh, is pretty good. I don't have any issues with them. They don't have any issues with me. I think as long as, like, we respect each other, I think we're fine. I don't, like, Facebook message them, and they don't, like, Facebook message me or anything like that. Your siblings I get along with while we're there or whenever we're around. We can hold conversations. I think one of the things with your side of the family is a lot. I have to initiate a conversation. Not with David and Josh, but certainly with Zach and my dad. Yeah. And, I mean, my mom will initiate a conversation with you, but it's not difficult. No. So, I would say for me, it's fairly easy. Yeah. How about you, babe? <laughs> um, I don't deal with my in-laws. Uh... I absolutely adore your sister, but she's in Atlanta, so mm -hmm. I don't really get to talk to her. Um, your brother is so much like your dad, like, so crazy, but we don't really talk, but I don't have any issues with Robert. I think he's great. Um, your dad, I love. He irritates me occasionally, but I love him. And then there's your mom, <laughs> and that's a more of a difficult conversation. Um... I don't particularly enjoy being involved with your mom. Um, you know, obviously, everything that's gone down. But I think that I'm learning to just not talk to her. And just give myself space and distance. And um, I think in the past, it's affected our marriage. It, I would say it definitely has because... We are, we're both over here taking sides. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to not take sides when it involves, you know, your parents or your fam or your family before you were married and everything like that. So I think it's very important to understand that, and it was hard for me to understand this, that, you know, this, this person I married is like A1 in my life number one and going on here and no matter what I have to take her side 
yeah. whether I feel it's right or it's wrong or or whatever but my spouse has to know that I have her back yeah and for I would say a while you didn't feel like I did yeah for like three years at least yeah I think it's just now getting better. I don't feel like you encourage me to try to like talk to her anymore or to, or you don't force me to have a relationship. And I think your eyes opened a little bit more to how much she does not like me. And just so we're clear, I have no idea why she doesn't like me. Um, I have not done anything wrong. I think that I am not the 1950s housewife that she wanted you to marry. And also, I don't think she wanted you to get married. No, I think it's the same thing for her. Like, once we got engaged, uh, a switch kind of flipped over there. A whole switch flipped. I mean, she used to be number one, but she doesn't need to be number one. (laughs) That's what she says. But it still feels like she needs to be number one. But I think dealing... it. In terms of dealing with your in-laws, um, I think that you have to stand your ground a little bit with your in-laws, um, as well as the parent, the, I'm sorry, the spouse that is involved with the parents. So like Dorian and his parents, he needs to deal with his parents and I need to deal with my parents. So if there were ever a conversation of disrespect about Dorian from my parents or my side of the family, I would handle it. And And then vice versa. That's the expectation. That's yes. Now Dorian is an avoider, like massive avoider, like his mom and his dad. And so I have had to have a lot of conversations with your mom, unfortunately. But I will say that now I'm at a place where I feel like that's your issue. You can (laughs) deal with that. It's not my issue anymore. I don't have communication. I don't care. Yeah. But I. I think it's important that you deal with your own family and then allow a conversation from there. And that way they know that this isn't like your spouse's issue. This is, this is not okay. You don't treat my spouse that way type of thing. It's a, it's a family issue now. Absolutely. Because me and you or you and your spouse are, you're your own subset of a family. Right. And everybody else is, it's still your extended family, but you're, your concern right now is dealing with you and your spouse or you and your kids or whatever. That's your immediate concern and that's what's affecting my happiness or my life every day is what's affecting her. Yeah, and it's important to to me anyway that our kids see a united front. And I want an honest united front, not like just let's do it in front of the kids, but like I think it's important that our kids see that you respect me and I respect you and we don't allow other people to disrespect each other. So hopefully that answered those questions. Um, and then what has led us to a happy marriage? Um, I think one of the big, what the biggest thing is probably what we talked about at the beginning, which is communication. Um, and just learning how to communicate. One of the, I think tools that really helped us was marriage counseling. Totally. Uh, Or premarital counseling. Yeah, premarital counseling. Before we got married, uh, we took premarital counseling, was it six weeks, eight weeks? I think it was six weeks. Something like that. Yeah. Where along the way we were learning tools 
on how to better communicate with each other. And it's funny because at the beginning of this, we had to take a, basically a personality test on how we viewed our relationship. And it was pretty accurate as to like the type of people we generally are, yeah. where I viewed our relationship as through these rose-colored glasses and, oh, everything's fine. You know, we don't really talk about much because there's not much to talk about. But at that time, we were really talking about real issues. Yeah. And Taylor was seeing all the underlying issues that I just wasn't seeing. And I think premarital counseling really helped open my eyes to some of the issues that we were having and some of the tools to better communicate with each other. Yeah, I think one of the ones that we still use is the... Especially when we're super, super frustrated and we're just like going round and round. It's the what I, what I'm hearing you say is. Yes. And so a lot of times I'm hearing you say that you think I'm a terrible wife or you think I'm saying you're a terrible husband. And we end up going, you know, okay, what I'm hearing you say is that you think I'm a horrible wife. And you're able to say, no, that's not what I'm saying. What let, I'm, me, let me rephrase this. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear right. what I'm telling you? And you're right. That's still a tool that we use to this day. That's that's definitely the biggest thing that we took away from yeah. from that. And it's something, maybe it's not for everybody, but it's something I would recommend before you get married, no matter how long you've known each other. You know, it's it's trying to get you both on the same page to see things kind of the same way, or at least gain a similar perspective on you and where your relationship currently stands and just giving you some tools to help you in the future. Yeah. And I think it brought out things that we maybe didn't know that we were struggling with. Like one of the chapters was like finances. Another was sex. Another was, um, the, I feel statements like I feel this way. I'm hearing you say this, but I think the sex one was weird for us. Because we had, they said, talk about sex anywhere but in the bedroom. So you're supposed to, like, sit on the couch and, like, have a conversation about, like, your sex life. And it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's because it was kind of one of those things we did and we didn't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely didn't talk about it. Um, okay. So I feel like things that have led us to a happy marriage, too, are... Um, being in tune with one another's feelings in terms of like um, things that are really important to me or things that are really important to you. So like one of the things that I really don't like is smoking weed. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of my things and you don't really mind it. You obviously don't do it, but like you could do it or you couldn't do it and it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. And so I feel like if we were having like a party over at our house and somebody brought weed and they asked you to do it, like, you would totally do it in a normal setting. Like, if I wasn't there. And we weren't married. If the, if, yeah, if this was, like... Yeah, yeah, like, five years ago. If this wasn't an alternate universe Correct. where, you know, I had ever smoked weed before. Right. But if you had, you would do it, right? But my, my thing is, you know how I feel about it, and you know how much it bothers me. Yes. And so I know if somebody brought weed to our house, you would be like... You need to leave my house. Make sure my wife doesn't see you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like you have a... We both have a level of respect for one another where 
you just don't do certain things that you know your spouse really doesn't like. And I think that helps. Definitely. And I think another thing is just being able to laugh at yourself and each other uh, when you're, whether it's you fumbling words around or, you know, sometimes in the middle of a conversation, you just somehow accidentally make up, make up a word out of nowhere because just because life happens or we were talking about something the other day and you fell asleep on the couch you said said, i can't believe rex is gonna be seven (laughs) rex just turned two and so he's not seven in dog years he's seven on earth years yeah i was like (laughs) i fell asleep for probably like 10 seconds and i just like you I think woke I, up and I just said woke it. up randomly and <laughs> said that. We weren't even talking about Rex we or anything. So that was awesome. And I think after five years, which isn't that long and we're no by no means marriage experts no. whatsoever. God, no. But I I do feel like we still are able to laugh. I feel like we never run out of things to talk about. And I feel like we still have just a really good connection and I like you're still like my best friend for sure. Definitely. Um Another thing is that when we are fighting or in an argument or disagreement um, about something, one of your big things as has has always been to not walk away. Yeah. Or go to bed super angry. We can still go to bed annoyed, but yeah, always as long kiss, as we kiss each other. Yeah, kiss each other goodnight. But your big thing was not to walk away from an argument or anything because to you that felt like you're walking away from our relationship well i felt like so in past relationships um there would be fights and my boyfriend at the time would leave and then it was like he would ignore my phone calls for like days and so it's like like are we still dating are we broken up there's like this huge uncertainty of are we even in a relationship anymore and um it was a super mentally abusive relationship and so I feel like when you and I started dating I did not want that I wanted to know where we were at all times and so I felt like when we did get into disagreement and you would walk away it felt like you were just like fine I'm done with you like we're breaking up and I was super stressed out all the time that you were breaking up with me. And, like, five years later, you haven't ever broken up with me, but... Here we are. (laughs) But, like, we'd get in an argument about something, and I would just be... I'd just be pissed. So what do I do? I go and clean the damn kitchen. So I'm over here doing dishes, putting dishes away loudly, scrubbing dishes, just being annoyed. (laughs) And I'm sure in the back of her mind, she's like, that's right, got into an argument clean that kitchen baby you do it <laughs> no but, but that, I... that was my doing doing something like that was just like my getaway to like think but also apparently be productive for the household but you never <laughs> left the house which was a big thing to me like you never left you never you did used to ignore my text messages when you were mad at me that i did but you because i knew it would annoy you yeah but you no longer do that even if you are mad at me you'll be like i'm annoyed with you and so that's nice. Um, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, no. no. Okay, so kind of the last thing that we do that for me 
makes me feel like our marriage is happy and healthy is um, we read the five love languages. And I think we read it like four years ago. I read it and I felt like if I could get Dorian to read it, he would see where I was at. Because we used to argue a lot about how like he never texted me back. And because he's just not a texter. And I felt like it would, it was really frustrating and he didn't understand why it mattered so much to me. So he read the five love languages and then I feel like it improved because you understood a little bit where I was coming from. So this book is five love languages and everybody has one or two love languages that are their most um, important. They're, it's most important to them. So it's like words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, quality time, gifts, <clears throat> and then acts of service. So, like I said, Dorian's is physical touch and mine's is words of affirmation. So, I need Dorian to tell me that I'm amazing and wonderful all day, every day. And he needs me to rub his back. I need a rub on the head, a rub on the back, um, holding my hand, holding my arm, uh, snuggling next to me. Something like that makes makes me feel loved and... Everybody has a way that they feel loved out of those things. Um, some, like for example, you'll take a you can take a test and it'll give you your score back. And mine is astoundingly higher than hers on certain things, and because everybody's got a different personality, and totally, you know, it's up to you as a spouse. And as a partnership to find out what those things are to help improve your relationship. Because I can't expect Taylor to feel the same amount of love that I feel if I'm just giving her physical touch all the time and not telling her these what she needs to hear or just telling her anything. Or if I'm buying her little gifts or cleaning around the house, that doesn't make her feel as loved as me writing her a text message or telling her that she's an amazing wife and I'm so proud of her every day or something like that. Right. I feel like, too, when we hadn't read this book, you would, like, snuggle me and hold my hand and do the dishes and cook me breakfast and all these things, and I'm like, I, like, you, why don't you love me? And you're like, I'm so confused. Like, I do love you. I'm doing all of these things. I'm, right. But I'm... But I'm showing you love how I want to get loved. Right. And I was getting frustrated because I was feeling like <clears throat> you are doing all these things and I still don't feel loved. And so we read that book and I feel like that helped us. So one of the things that we do is we always ask each other, um, how's your love tank? <clears throat> and it may sound like a stupid question um, to those of you that don't haven't read the book. But when he tells me like his love tank is at zero, for me I know like, well, that's why you haven't been loving me. Because my love tank's also at zero. <clears throat> the problem is, and we've come across this a lot, mm -hmm. where my love tank is low, so I'm not showing you love your way. Your love tank is low, so you're not showing me love my way. So we both have to consciously kind of step up and... Somebody has to initiate. Yeah. Which I feel like... I feel like I initiated this last time. 
but I don't think that's always been the case. But we were both feeling a little neglected. Yeah, and I think I think it's up to both of us to kind of talk about it and let that other person know, hey, my love tank is at a three right, right now. My love, or my love tank's at a negative, whatever right now. Right. I need some help. Yeah. And I feel like we're really good about doing that. I feel like that's what's helped us in the last year. And I think if, even if you guys don't read the book, um, you can take, I think it's the five love languages. You can probably Google it and you can take the quiz. You can take the quiz there. And you and your spouse or just you yourself, you can take a look at it and say, wow, okay, maybe this is why I don't feel as loved as I need to, or maybe I should talk to my spouse about this, or something like that. And, you know, maybe maybe your way of getting getting showed love is that you need gifts. Well, lucky you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a couple questions from some of my live listeners here. They wanted to know who loads the dishwasher correctly. I put everything in the dishwasher, so don't care how it's loaded as long as it all fits. So the one thing that really annoyed me with her loading the dishwasher is (laughs) the silverware. (laughs) Now, I'm sure everybody has a certain way they do it. Some people just throw it in there, whether it's the utensil part facing down or the utensil part or the handle facing down or handle facing up. Listen, there's, it's like the toilet paper. The toilet paper goes over the top. There's only one correct way. And there's only one correct way to load the silverware in, and that's with the handle up. So. I'll do a poll on my Instagram. There's no arguments. It's just what it is. We'll see. I think it gets cleaner if the handle's down because then the water like really hits shit. Yeah, but then when you go to pick the silverware up. Then wash your hands before. Yeah, what argument do you have for that? Sanitize your hands and then there's no issues. Or you're sitting there stabbing yourself in the hands with knives and Well, why shit. don't you watch what you're doing? You can't okay. help it when you got kids. Another question. What is the right way to fold towels? Not Dorian's way. Not Dorian's way. <laughs> Wrong way, Dorian's way. So I'm going to go with I fold the towels correctly. And they should be clean and put a certain way in the closet. However, I will say... You recently turned all the towels around the correct way after I complained about it. it. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that's easier to go along and get along with a towel. But most of the time, when I fold towels, I fold the towel, throw it in the closet. But I'm slowly slowly getting trained here. Um, should Should clothing face left or right on the hanger? It doesn't matter. Like... If the, if the this logos, is a Paul and Velvet question. So, like, if there's, like, a, a logo on the front of the shirt, does yeah. it matter which way it's hanging? Yeah. I tend to put it toward, facing the left. There is no correct way that I... Well, so I would have it so that the logo shows, like, if you're wearing a collared shirt, the collar or the buttons face to the left. Velvet's mm. not going to like us very much. That's all right. Yeah. Um, okay, and then... And the... you're definitely a psychopath if you have your hangers hanging, <laughs> uh, the opposite way over a bar. Yeah, no, that's... I would agree that's... You're a psychopath. Yeah, for Don't sure. Do that. 
Okay, and then uh, last question was, does Dorian poop while you're in the shower? Definitely. 100% of the time. No, you know I don't like that, so you don't actually do that. We have three bathrooms, so I feel like it's fucking unreasonable now. Okay. Now it's unreasonable. With our one bathroom? At yeah. the other two places we lived, uh, I would come in, hey babe, how's it going? Have, really a, com- have a conversation <laughs> with her while I'm on the toilet. Um, mainly because I know she didn't like it. And right. sometimes, you just, sometimes you gotta go. And if there's one bathroom, what are you gonna do? People take long showers around here. Yeah, well, not me, you do. But... I take long showers. Okay, so um, to end this mm-hmm. little podcast here, I wanted us to answer three questions. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So what does your spouse do that makes you feel special? Um, kind of going back to uh, the love language a little bit, it's the physical touch. Like, I'm a pretty simple person. Um, but the physical touch can make me, I don't know, just feel appreciated and loved and that makes me feel special. Okay. Um, one of the other things is, um, like I play fantasy football, I will have NBA league pass, so I watch basketball games, um, Houston Rockets fan. So when you ask me, Hey, how's your fantasy team doing? And I tell you I'm in first place. Holla. Make that money. Um, or you ask me, hey, how's your crappy Rockets team doing? And I say, well, they're doing real crappy right now. <laughs> but the fact that you'll ask me about it lets me know that you care that I care. Right. And that makes that makes me feel good. Okay. Um, one other thing is... Uh, that's pretty much it right now I can think of. Okay. Um... What does your spouse need to improve on? Um, I think they're kind of one and the same, but it's, you need to be able to take, you need to figure out how to take and learn how to take time for yourself. Yeah. Um, alone time, whether that feels like the only alone time that you really take right now is when you take a bath. Yeah, that's so nice. And you got your bath salts and your... (laughs) bath bombs and your book and your ipad or whatever and you're in the bathtub for 45 minutes yeah but i feel like you need to do more yeah. whether that's getting away for a couple hours with you and a girlfriend or something like that so hard though i feel so much guilt with that that's a personal problem yeah um because on the other hand then i need you um, need more time not more time, but not made to feel guilty for wanting time or taking time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, and then the last question was, what do you like most about your spouse? Um, number one, you're my best friend. So I got to marry my best friend. Um, number two, we're kind of opposites in our personality. Yeah. Which is a good thing for me. Because I'm more of a relaxed, uh, this is going to happen when it's going to happen. Never had anxiety a day in your life. Yeah, I'm not, not, I'm not a person that gets like easily depressed or anxious a lot of the times. And you are a doer. You're a planner. Yeah. You're a go-getter. And I feel like I need something like that in my life 
where you are you know when to push me you yeah. know when not to push me i think you're a kind of a natural leader when it comes to that you're an you're an organizer <laughs> i'm a people organizer you're yes and so in that same vein, I also like how organized you are, mm-hmm. um, how organized you make our lives here, whether it's our house um, from less is more yeah. type of thing and always, always decluttering us all the time. And, uh, let's see, another thing is, like I said earlier, you push me for more. Um, I think you believe in me sometimes more than I believe in myself. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is you're smoking hot. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes me feel good every day. Oh, you're funny. Okay, so I'm going to answer those questions for you now. Um, so what does my spouse do that makes me feel special? Um, making my coffee in the morning. That's a big deal. Um, I think that... I went the other day and got my nails, toes, just my nails and toes done. That's what I did. Sorry. I was trying to figure out what else I did. And. (laughs) Good catch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was more than I expected it to be. And so I felt kind of guilty. But I came home and I totally didn't say anything because I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk to you about it. And when you eventually, like, hours later asked me how much it was, I told you, and you you didn't make me feel guilty at all. Like, you, like, laughed about it, and we're like, what the fuck did you do? But, like... <laughs> Where did you go? Did you but, like... <laughs> yeah, but you never but made me... You said you had a gift card. You didn't, did he not even use it? I did. Yeah. This is crazy. Um, but you didn't make me feel guilty about it. Like, you were, like, just, you know, I'm just glad you went and did something for yourself. And so I appreciate that you're always like doing that. And my other thing is that you believe in me a hundred percent of the time. Like I was just telling my friend Karina, if I said I want to be a backup dancer for Beyonce, you would be like, yes, babe, what do we have to do to get you there? Have you looked up any classes to sign up for? Like you are a hundred percent in my corner a hundred percent of the time with whatever I want to do, even if it's, like, the most unrealistic shit on the planet, you just are, like, there. Well, over the past, what, year and a half, you've had, like, five different jobs. Yeah. From nannying to, like... Furniture a, business. A furniture business. Like, what yeah. is that? Where does that even come from? And I'm like, all right, hey, here's some furniture I found on Craigslist. Uh, it's free. Do you want When do you want to pick it up? Yeah. And you're like, well, I just started doing this five minutes ago. I'm like, well, but it's here. It's free. Do you want to go do it now? <laughs> but you could totally do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like one of my very favorite things about you. Um, what does my spouse need to improve on? Um, I feel like one of the biggest things that I used to feel like you needed to improve on was your interrupting. Because you are like a chronic interrupter. But you've improved a lot on that. That would have been my number one you need to improve on. Are you done talking? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it's another thing. I'm a thing, man, babe. We interrupt. Yeah, because you're a mansplainer. Um, another thing that I felt like you need to improve on is your communication. It's funny because when we first started dating, my communication was good and yours was bad. But I'm a doer. So I went and 
did the damn thing and, and then, learned how to communicate. And then you passed me. And yeah. then you realized that my communication was very mundane and, like, limited. Yeah. I and, mean, when we first started communicating, like, I would, like, not look at you. Yeah. When we would talk because it would stress me out too much. And now I'm, like... Look me in the eye well, as you, I talk to you. It's because you'll <laughs> say this. Like, I'll talk for five minutes and then you'll be, like... I just don't know what else to say. And, like, you haven't actually said anything. But so, I, I said, like, not a like, paragraph, but you've already, like, spoken for me. So, like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, what? Like, you've already said it all. I disagree. I feel like I'll be like, you know, this is really bothering me and I feel like you're not paying attention to me. And you'll be like, okay, well, I'll do better. And then I'm like okay but like can we like communicate you're like i just don't know what else to say well listen i already told you i was did, gonna do better did, so did you like say aren't, aren't we done with this conversation now your communication needs to improve <laughs> hardcore um and then what do i like most about you i think i like that you believe in me that's always nice but what i like most about you is your calmness um I, I really like how calm you are. I like that you balance me out because I'm always like so high up everywhere. And um, I like that you force me to relax sometimes. I like that you question. I like that you question me. Like when I'm like, I don't care about this. Nope, I'm not texting her. Nope, I don't feel this way. You'll like question me and try to like get down to the root of why I feel that way. And then if I'm passionate about it, you leave it be. Sometimes you play devil's advocate to, like, see if I can change my mind. Um, but I like that you question me, and at the end of the day, you support me and say, like, I got you. Like, whatever you want to do, I, you know, do it. Um, and I like that you are super, what's the word? You're very good sleeper, compassionate. You're a very compassionate person, and sometimes I think it hinders you, but most of the time I think it, like, makes you better. Because you're softer, you know? You don't, like, cut people out of your life. You're, like, more inclusive. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Well, that wraps up the episode for tonight. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, since I am now officially on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the blog on any page of the website at thenotprettypodcast.com.